Good evening, everyone. Thank you for coming again to part four of our discussion Chaitanya a whirlwind over, overview. Separate 
the two in our tradition. But here now, chapters 1 through 13, um, is, you could say, application. Um, that could be perhaps another term if we wanted to combine number 9 and number 10 and call it application. We might want to do that. <laughs> but okay. Appreciation and correction. Uh, okay, so what we can do this time, in person, I have to get connected here to well, it works. Okay, bear with me while I. Three, the glories of Srila Haridas Thakur. So this is 
not Junior Haridas, this is Senior Haridas. And Haridas Thakur is famous for his dedication to chanting Krishna's names. So much so it is said that he would chant day and night. Practically that's all he did. Practically forgetting eating and sleeping. He is celebrated also for being from, apparently, a Muslim background and in 16th century Bengal, uh, it was considered amongst those who were now beginning to be called Hindus. This was a kind of a new term contrasting Muslim who were not referred to as Muslim in Chaitanya Shaitanya. They're referred to as Yavanas, generally. Um, the, the, the Hindus regarded the Muslims as essentially, essentially outcast, essentially outside of the uh, sphere of the, the caste system, the Varna system, and so on. And so it was a, an especially wonderful thing that Haridas Thakur, as he came to be known, uh, Haridas Thakur is an honorific, uh, it can refer to a deity, the altar on the deity. We can say Shishi Vijay Goranda um, Dayamitai Thakur. Deities in Bengal are known as Thakurs. And Thakur is also a kind of, uh, I don't know, title, but a kind of honorific for, uh, for large landowners. Someone who is, uh, uh, yeah, who is owning lots of land would also be called Thakur. Uh, but it's also an expression of high regard, respect for um, for seniors. So, chapter three is uh, certainly um, appreciation. Oh, I was going to know briefly. <laughs> Take us back to our other chart. Let's show here. I don't know if it shows. Doesn't show. I don't know why it doesn't show. I think it's there. Let's see if we can find it. Mm-hmm. 
also we have the inner circle where Chaitanya is direct associates. We have the next circle out to the different Vaishnavas, and different other than Gaudiya Vaishnava groups like the Sri Vaishnavas and the followers of Balava and Balava Charge. Then uh, this um, more pink saffron is the other Brahminical traditions. What was an example of the other representative of this group? Anyone remember? I just mentioned briefly. Yes. Yes, Prakashananda Saraswati and his followers in Varanasi. And also Prakashananda, he was from Bengal, uh, but he was not a Vaishnava until, um, until Chaitanya Mahaprabhu spoke with him. He was apparently some sort of Mayavati. So, so these are other Brahm, Brahminical, they're Brahmins, and they were certainly uh, high, high class, high class Brahmins. Um, Sarvabhoma was a Prihasta, householder, Prakashananda, Saraswati, he was a sannyasi, they were both Brahmins. And then the next group beyond, further away from the center, uh, are the Shaktas, the Buddhists, and the Tribals, three different groups with one um, teacher in common, according to Krishnadas Kaviraj, all three of these are referred to as Pashandi or Pakandi. And Pashandi is sometimes translated as atheist, sometimes as heretic, um, um, especially these two. Um, yeah. So the Shaktas are mentioned in Bengal. So this takes us back to Adi Lila. Um, some exchange, some interaction is there where um, the Shaktas try to defame Srivas Thakur. Um, and in general, there are a lot of Shaktas, people worshipping Durga, worshipping Kali in Navadi at this time, and also to the present day. <laughs> Durga, Durga and Kali are very popular in Bengal. <laughs> You know, yes. Especially the time of Durga Puja uh, in in around October. So the Shaktas and Buddhists. Uh, Lord Chaitanya meets this group of Buddhists in South India. We mentioned the other day. Uh, and he, uh, they try to embarrass him, and it doesn't work. It backfires. 
and uh, it becomes an opportunity for Architanya to uh, teach them to challenge Hare Krishna. <laughs> and tribals uh, are referred to when Architanya is on his way to Vrindavan. Uh, this would be Mahalila chapter 17. Architanya in the Javikanda forest meets the animals and inspires them to chant. He also, he also meets uh, Adivasis or tribals, particular tribe, tribal group which is still there, called uh, the Yields. Um, so these are group. This is, these are people who are considered very, again, outside of the varna or the caste system. And there are many tribals, uh, many different tribes, different um, designations all over India today. Tribals, it's like a tribe. Tribe, yeah, yeah. They're indigenous. You can say. Yeah, some of them are today, for example, in Maharashtra, the uh, area of North Maharashtra, there's the Govardhan Eco Village, and it's completely surrounded. The whole area of the people living there are uh, such people, Adivasis. Okay, that's uh, Shakta's Buddhist tribals. And then um, the light green ring is representing Muslims. I mention this now because um, we're coming this chapter on Haridas Thakur, so Haridas was considered Muslim. There is a tradition that he was not born in a Muslim family, but he was raised by Muslims. That's one tradition. And there's another, uh, there's another theory um, by a present-day scholar who has been studying Vaishnavism, uh, Gobi Vaishnavism, but also <coughs> Islamic culture in Bengal for decades. And his theory, his theory is that <clears throat> that Haidas Thakur was always a Muslim and even when he was chanting Hare Krishna, he was a Muslim. He was a Muslim peer. Peter is a kind of uh, Muslim saint. <coughs> and they, uh, the Sufis, they chant all sorts of things, mantras. So in the case of Haidas, they say he, he liked to chant Hare Krishna. <laughs> and uh, as a Sufi, he, he would chant Hare Krishna. And then the the, the Vaishnavas, seeing that he was chanting Hare Krishna, they were very happy. 
but they didn't try to convert him to a Vaishnava. So, for example, when he's in Puri, there's no attempt for him to um, to enter the temple. It's understood that he's, he's an outcast. He remains with that identity, so he never approaches the temple. He simply sees the chakra on the top of the temple from his Bhajan criteria. Today, you cannot see the temple chakra from Haridas Thakur's Bhajan Kutir. Why? Because there's so many buildings and trees in between. <laughs> so, on the one side, Muslim, you see, it's almost the most outermost ring. So, further away, it's more distance more remote in terms of culture, in terms of philosophy, theology, and so on. But still, there is a connection, and that's what this line is showing. And this uh, connection is especially prominent with Haridas uh, Thakur's example. But there's another incident uh, which connects Lord Chaitanya with Muslims. Anyone know what that is? That's one, yes. I'm thinking of another one. But yes, the Chan, that's, you could say, the first encounter which starts as a very intense potential conflict, well, it, it's a conflict. Um, and then Lord Chaitanya has with the Kazi a kind of, what we might want to call a kind of interreligious dialogue <laughs> of sorts. Yeah. There's another that happens later. Uh, this is uh, just after Lord Chaitanya leaves Vrindavan, he is with his friends, uh, three or four devotees, and uh, they're out in the field, and Lord Chaitanya hears uh, the flute playing of one cowherd in the field. And when he hears the flute playing, he faints. And the devotees are there with him, Lord Chaitanya is <laughs> lost. <laughs> he's back in Vrindavan, you can say. <laughs> he just left Vrindavan, now he's back in Vrindavan. And along come these, uh, this group of what are called soldiers, Patan. Patan soldiers. Um, apparently the Patans are Afghani. And I've heard that there are to this day some Afghani Vaishnavas descended from apparently from those whom Lord Chaitanya met because when he met them he also has a kind of interface dialogue 
with their leader uh, here. We have some rationals from Afghanistan. Mm -hmm. We have in our community from Afghanistan. From Afghanistan. Wow, very nice. They were Vaishnavas before leaving Afghanistan? Here. Yeah. They came. They came here, yeah. Also good. <laughs> and of course, the entire, uh, the, the background, the political background, the whole Chaitanya Charitam, is the domination of the Muslim rule, which was there in Bengal, it was there in North India, um, it would have been, I guess it was the Lonis who were uh, ruling at the time in, uh, in Delhi. Uh, and occasionally there's mention of this by Krishnadas. He, he refers to the political situation and how, how it's um, something to you know, be aware of and be careful about. Um, when Lord Chaitanya is traveling, it's, it's a consideration have to be careful. Okay. Um, so let's just run through further. Chapter 4, Sanatana Goswami visits the Lord of Chaganathu. Shanti, Shanti, Shanti. <laughs> Thank you. So, Sanatana Goswami also, um, remember, he had gone to Vrindavan. Lord Chaitanya had met him. Uh, where did he... Okay, where did Lord Chaitanya first meet Rupa Goswami and Sanatana Goswami? It's a quiz question. Uh, Raman Kevi, yes. Raman Kevi in, in uh, Bengal. And the second time, where did they meet? So, remember, when Lord Chaitanya met them the first time, he encouraged them to uh, give up everything and go to Vrindavan. Yes. Lord Chaitanya come back from Vrindavan. Yes. And do you know more specifically where we met? At the Ganga. Along the Ganga. And more specifically? <laughs> First, Lord Chaitanya meets Rupa Goswami at Prayag, what is now called Prayagraj. 
It's uh, the Triveni Sangha, the place, Sangha, the place where the Yamuna and the Ganga and they say, Saraswati, where they come together. It's a Triveni. Did you know we have a Triveni here in Germany? Yeah. Yes, we have the Donau, the Inn, and the Ilts. <laughs> These are two small rivers. So, Singachalam is close. It's uh, close to the Triveni. So, very auspicious. Okay, and where does Lord Chaitanya meet Sanatana Goswami? They also met on the Ganga and also in a city, a very old city, I'm trying to make hints. <laughs> and it's west, no, it's not west, it's east of uh, Prayag. And what else can I say about It's a very famous place for my Varanasi, Banaras, yes. So that was the second time they meet. Now, chapter four, Sanatana Goswami, after meeting Lord Chaitanya, for how long? Anyone know? How long did they meet in Varanasi? It was for two months. So now just imagine. They're meeting every day for two months, and Lord Chaitanya is speaking, teaching every day, possibly for some hours. And then, how much of that do we have in the Chaitanya Charitamrita? Well, I would suggest we have a very small fraction because you can read through the verses of chapters 20 through 24 well, probably in, within two or three hours. But they were meeting for two months, so how much more he would have spoken. In any case, they met and uh, they had these lessons. Now, Sanatana Goswami He's gone on to Vrindavan now after some time. Just how long, I don't know. But he, he eventually then goes to Puri from Vrindavan. Now, let's keep in mind what that means to travel that distance. Where is Vrindavan and where is Puri? And how far apart are they? Approximately... Um, if I remember right, it's about 1,600 kilometers. Um, now, we can take a train or a car, uh, we can fly, most of the way, 
they were walking. How much desire Sanatana Goswami must have had to meet Lord Chaitanya and Rupa Goswami before. They wanted to see him again, so they went all that way. Two or three. Anupam. There was, uh, yes, Anupam. Apparently he died quite young. Uh, we don't know anything about him except that he was the father of Jiva Goswami. Jiva was the, the young nephew of Rupa and Sanatana, who then joins Rupa and Sanatana later in Vrindavan. After Jiva Goswami had been sent as a young man to Varanasi uh, for, for study. So it's interesting, we say Varanasi is the hotbed of of the Mayan bodies. But it was generally a place of learning, Sanskrit learning. So he was sent there to study. Uh, and then after that, he goes to Vrindavan and writes <coughs> uh, the Shatsandars. He writes the Sandarvas. Or we may want to say he compiles them. And he also edited um, some of the works of Rupa Goswami. And he also wrote uh, a book called Gopal Champu. Gopal Champu is telling the story of Krishna's pastimes in Vrindavan. Uh, I guess up to his departure to, maybe including his departure to Mathura. Um, and he's expanding on what we find in the 10th canto. He's elaborating, he's telling many, many, many details. And he's doing this in the form of a champu, which is a particular genre of Sanskrit literature, which is a combination of prose and poetry. It goes back and forth. There's some prose, and then there'll be some, some lines of poetry, and then it'll go back to prose, and again, poetry. That's called a champu. Uh, there's another similar champu written by Kavikarna Puja, uh, who did not go to Vrindavan. He stayed in, uh, in Bengal. He wrote the Ananda Vrindavan champu. Hmm. Chapter 5, How Pradyumna Mishra Received Instructions from Ramananda Rai. It's been so long since I read that, I don't remember about it. You should look at that. 
chapter 6, the meeting of Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu and Raghunath as Goswami. Yeah, Pradyumna Mishra was sent by Lord Chaitanya to learn from Ramananda Rai. Remember, Lord Chaitanya had met Ramananda Rai uh, in South India, in Rajmundri, which is north of present-day Chennai, um, and uh, that's where they had their conversation over some days. And then Lord Chaitanya inspired Ramananda to um, give up his job. He was it was a kind of local gover- governor, and to just come to Puri and just be with him in Puri. Uh, and apparently he received from the king a pension so that he could do that. Like It was like an early retirement. <laughs> and King Prataparudra, because he was such a fan of Lord Chaitanya, he wanted to please him. And he saw Lord Chaitanya uh, is so much inspired by Ramananda Rai, said, uh, yeah, come, stay, we'll cover your expenses. And uh, Ramananda Rai wrote also, what's the name of this book? I can't remember. Um, and um, he was also, it becomes kind of controversial amongst later scholars, but it's described that Ramananda used to train young girls uh, in dance. And uh, this leads one modern scholar to think that he was a sahajiya. <laughs> but um, another scholar, <laughs> who was, uh, he's no longer with us, he was uh, uh, very good, he was a good friend of the devotee scholars in Oxford. He wrote an article once arguing, no, he was not a savage, and here's why. <laughs> and he had many reasons. Anyway, Pradyumna Mishra was sent to him to learn about advanced devotion. And then chapter 6 is a wonderful description of, uh, it's a kind of story, you could say, how I became, how I became a Hare Krishna, the story of Raghunandas coming joining the Hare Krishna movement. <laughs> Uh, as a gradual process um, with the blessings of Nityananda Prabhu and the Vaishnavas escaping from his home uh, of pious, very pious Vaishnavas but nonetheless very much ensconced stuck in their sort of mundane way of life. Raghunath wanted to give it up and be a renunciant. Raghunath is 
in many ways the the embodiment of extreme renunciation uh, for the Gaudiya Vaishnavas. And here there's also, I mentioned before, um, about a bit of geography in Vrindavan. There's um, Govardhan Hill running more or less north-south, sort of north northeast, southwest, and uh, the, uh, on the north end are the uh, Gaudiya Vaishnavas all around Radha, Shamakunda. On the south end there's Vallabhats, the followers of Vallabha. And that one general distinction we can say between the two, there are philosophical distinctions. There's also um, they have their own writings, some very beautiful uh, poetry. Um, they're worshippers of Krishna. But, um, but their style, their mood, is it's all about being a householder and worshipping Krishna as households. So all of their acharyas, their teachers, their gurus, are householders. One time when I was in, uh, I was doing my um, research in Vrindavan for this uh, dissertation, I came to know that there's a young man, well, he wasn't so young at that time, uh, from America who had um, become initiated into the Vala Sampradaya. And uh, I, I, I became very curious. I wanted to meet him. I managed to find out his contact. Um, and I said, I'd really like to meet you. I wanted to ask him some questions related to my research. So he said, yes, come, we can meet. Actually, I'm going, he said, I'm going to be in Mathura. Uh, because there's a big, um, major wedding is going to happen. The son, the son of one of these acharyas, one of these teachers, was getting married. So it's going to be a big thing. And uh, he said, "You come to Mathura, and we can meet. We can speak, and I will also introduce you uh, to because everyone is going to be there. All the acharyas." practically, uh, are going to be there. So that's what we did. It was quite interesting. He took me around, uh, and we met these different acharyas. We didn't exactly exchange very much. They were not speaking English. I was not speaking Hindi so much. Uh, but, you know, we exchanged <laughs> you know, some greetings and... And it was nice, and it was, uh, for me, very interesting because it felt like such a different world. There, everything was about opulence. Um, they, had a, they had a feast uh, displayed before deities. Um, they were leaving the feast as a kind of, as a darshan. 
And I remember part of the feast they had um, they had ladus, and the ladus were the size of basketballs. <laughs> So the point is that Raghunath is the embodiment of the uh, renunciant, which is the spirit that's very much celebrated um, by the Gogya Vaishnavas. The Vallabhas, they're not about this. They're, they're more about householders having a, a good, comfortable life and lots of opulence and giving everything to Krishna. <clears throat> it's probably an oversimplification because, yeah, we do have uh, one example um, uh, in the Gaudiya Sampradaya, but his name is slipping my mind just now. He becomes the guru of Gadadhar Pandit. What was his name? Krishna. Okay, um, anyway, he was also apparently well situated uh, materially. Pundarika Vidyani, that was his name. That's another story. The meeting of Chapter 7, the meeting of Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu and Vallabha Bhatta. Very interesting chapter because in this chapter we have uh, another example of, um, if you think of that chart with the rings, again, the other Vaishnavas, the first <coughs> ring outside the center court. So Vallabha is, of course, the leader of the Vallabha Sampradaya. comes to be called the Vallabha Sampradaya or the Pushti Marga. And the way Krishnadas portrays their meeting is it's very friendly. Uh, and at the same time, Lord Chaitanya is not completely happy with um, the way Malabhacharya is speaking. And Malabhacharya was very learned, and he wrote commentary on the Bhagavatam, which is available today. It's, in fact, there's a translation of it in English. He did not write commentary on the entire Bhagavatam, but he wrote on uh, Canto 3, Canto 10, Canto 11, um, maybe one more Canto, I'm not sure. Uh, and his commentary is um, very elaborate and sometimes quite complex. He has a very, um, a very metaphorical way of understanding things. Well, according to Krishnadas Kaviraj, um, when they're discussing about this commentary, Lord Chaitanya uh, 
you could say gently but firmly uh, scolds Vamana. Why does he scold him? Because Vallabha uh, is not following Sridhar Swami. Sridhar is the um, the commentator. He's often referred to as the commentator. I guess. Sridhar Swami's commentary we also have. He wrote a commentary on the entire entire Bhagavatam. I think every single verse. And uh, he wrote it sometime before Lord Chaitanya appeared. Nobody knows exactly when he lived. He's a kind of mysterious person. Uh, it seems to have been 14th, maybe 15th century, but generally it's thought the 14th century. So that means the 1300s. So possibly at least 100 years, maybe more, before Lord Chaitanya Sridhar Swami wrote his commentary on the Bhagavata. And he's considered the commentator. So when Vallabha says, ah, Sridhar Swami, yes, but, you know, I have something else to say. <laughs> then Lord Chaitanya says, someone who does not follow the Swami, I consider a prostitute. That's a very strong thing to say. The word Swami can mean husband. In Sanskrit, <laughs> the word Swami can mean husband. So, husband and wife, the wife may refer to her husband as Swami. So, he's playing on this word, uh, this meaning, Sridhar Swami. Someone who does not respect the Swami, I consider to be a prostitute. Now, we don't know exactly what the tone of Mahaprabhu was when he said that. It's mentioned that he smiled when he said it. So maybe he said it in a spirit of joking criticism. Um, We don't know exactly, but some kind of criticism is there. And in this chapter, there's there's a very, very sweet passage, several verses, as I remember fairly early in the chapter, that Lord Chaitanya is teaching Vallabhacharya a lesson in humility by uh, taking himself as a very unqualified person who has learned different things from uh, different teachers. So he refers to several. He refers to Ramananda Roy, he refers to Sarvabhauma Bhattacharya, he refers to, um, who else, Advaita Acharya, 
Um, I think he mentions Haridas Thakur. And each one he says, I learned this from this person, I learned that from that person, I learned this from this other person. And in that way, he's, in a slightly indirect way, he's saying, you know, Balamaji, <laughs> don't be so proud of your learning. That's the message. I'm a bit watching the clock because I have to stop early to um, for an online event. Um, okay, then, so that would be a, a case of correction. Chapter 8, Ramana, uh, Ramchandra Puri criticizes the Lord. <laughs> and yes, this is where Ramachandra Puri uh, finds every possible reason to find fault with Lord Chaitanya, especially his eating. When he sees some ants in the room, he says, Ha! This means you've been eating sweets. <laughs> and and uh, Lord Chaitanya, for some time, he cuts his amount of food that he's eating in half. <laughs> and all the devotees become very distressed. Lord Chaitanya is submitting to this, you know, Ramchandra Puri. This, uh, he's another. He's another character where, when you read about him, you kind of feel like, oh gosh. Sometimes amongst our devotees today, we have someone who is is a difficult person. <laughs> And because you, you get a sense. Yeah, there was Damodar Pandit also, Ramachandra um, You know, just finding fault all the time. Okay, there's uh, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13 more. Lots of very interesting exchanges go on in all of these chapters where you sort of feel like you're, you're getting an inside um, access to Lord Chaitanya and his devotees. So it's quite intriguing. Chaitanya Charitamrita, you, it's, it's such a book, you really can, practically speaking, just open it to any page and start reading. And you can establish you can, of course, read it verse by verse, starting from Adilila chapter 1 and work your way through. Uh, but you can also just sort of dip in. Uh, you can read these chapters in Antilila. And they're, they're kind of stand-alone, so to say. You don't have to worry that, oh, first I have to read oceans of... Uh, previous chapters. I think I will stop there and see if anyone has any comments or thoughts or reflections or questions. Yes? Malamabhata Acharya, 
a this chapter has to do with Kopapata. Uh, was funny the or I'm I'm I'm, I'm, I'm sorry. No, no. I read it very late. Gopal Bhakta Goswami does not appear in Chaitanya Charitamrita. I think he's been mentioned only. He's mentioned only, but he expressed his desire to Krishna as Kaviraj and said, Don't talk about me. Don't write anything about me. That was his humility. Um, hmm. There may be, there must be something more about him in Bhakti Ratnakara, which is um, Narahari uh, Chakravarti's work in Bengali about the next generation of devotees followers of Lord Chaitanya after the Goswamis and and, uh, all these devotees. The next generation, that's described, all described in Bhakti Ratnakara. So there may be something more in there. Thank you very much. Uh, You mentioned one of us, and actually there are moods, really like this Vatsalian moods. And mm-hmm. they are like householders only. Yeah. Uh, do we have in our line some Acharas, some previous Acharas who had a similar mood, or maybe like those in Potsala and stuff? If they did, they didn't tell us. Not that I know of. At least, yeah, it's not, yeah, I don't know, it's not discussed. Yeah, that's why you see, um, especially in the Malavan tradition, there's a lot of popularity of worship of um, Mbala, Gopala, Devi Krishna. Mm -hmm. Let's see, Mortis. but that's not really in our line. Which is not to say there are many devotees, uh, householders who like to worship in their home. Um, but I don't know that we have in any of our temples. And I don't know of any Gaudiya temples in India that would have. Mm-hmm. There probably is, because... Like one professor I had who was uh, giving some introductory uh, lectures on so-called Hinduism and said, basically, whatever you say about Hinduism, the opposite is also true. <laughs> so whatever you generalize, there's going to be exceptions. Uh, Well, you can say, yeah, you could say, could we say? We could say. Why not? <laughs> I'm thinking in Nandagram, uh, the temple, the main temple in Nandagram, uh, is of Krishna and Balaram, 
and as boys, and then there's uh, Nanda and Yashoda, are also there. So um, that's Vatsalvaras. But what is there? Uh, Sampradaya. Mm. We had um, um, we had with us one of the Goswamis from there, Murari Krishna Goswami. Yeah, that's Murari Krishna. Okay, we didn't even get through the first, the first of the last four parts, but what to do? We will continue tomorrow. Huh? Say again. <laughs> it's a day-to-day life. As far as this one is concerned, I'm sorry, Baba. <laughs> so, yeah, appreciation and correction. And then uh, the last two sections are going to be intoxication and instruction. Uh, intoxication is, is six chapters, and then instruction is the last chapter until you get 20. Mm-hmm. So we'll see how we go tomorrow. So you're all welcome to come. All right, I'll stop there. Thank you all very much. Shiva Prabhupada Ki Jai. Ananta Koti Vaishnava Ki Jai. Shri Chaitanya Charitamrita Ki Jai. Shri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu Ki Jai. Shri Krishna Das Kaviraj Goswami Kim Jai Krishna Gaur Brahma Yuna 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 Yuna